Today we're going to jump right into it. Hi, everyone. And it ends up being the deep end of the pool. Uh-oh. Well, it is an uh-oh, right? Because last week, two weeks ago, I was gone for seven days. Oh, yeah. Out of the country. Well, not the whole time. Not the whole time. First first three days in California, so three hours behind Ohio. So major time difference there. And then the back half was in Costa Rica. Still two-hour time difference, but way less accessible out of the country. But you also have back-to-back-to-back meetings and juggling clients and phone calls and things, right? Yeah. That would be true. Right? It all starts with you supporting me in growing this business. And this business, right, we call it coaching, consulting, I actually believe I like the term life optimization specialist. Ooh, that's a new else. one. Really? Because our, our, our brand, I guess, our, for all intents and purposes with websites and stuff is life optimization group. Yes. And through the twists and turns and the way that you and I have been able to conduct our lives, the meetings in California and in Costa Rica were with Rhythmia. Love that place. And you supported the trip. Of course. Right, and in full admission with where I'm driving this bus to, with what I feel to be important, we would have certainly had a discussion had you not supported it, but I would have still went. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you well enough to know by now on the things that I can push you with and get, not get away with, but like you'll bend to it versus what I know is truly important for you, for us, and for our business collectively. So I knew that while there were going to be sacrifices on both ends for you and for me, that I was going to have to be fully supportive of you going and and doing what you needed to do with Rhythmia. Of course. And so my flight out was supposed to be the earliest morning flight out of Columbus straight into LA on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, what a complete mess this turns out to be. Yes, as Columbus works for an international airport, we used to be a hub many, many years ago, and we certainly are not any longer. So there's two direct flights into LA. One is a, I think a 6.20 in the morning that gets in there at 8.40. The other one is a, a noon or some sort of strange time, middle of the day. Yeah. And going to bed that night, got an alert that said, you know, your flight's been canceled. You've been moved to another flight. Yeah, we had massive storms here in Columbus. And admittedly with American Air, I hardly, not that I didn't believe it, but it's like, okay, this is at 10 o'clock at night. A lot of stuff can change before before the next morning. So I set my alarm for 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. to be able to get up and, and confirm. What well, was still canceled. <laughs> yeah, still, still right. done. So it was a blessing because we got to spend that whole morning together. And you so kindly took me to the airport. Of course, yep. But now my flight was through Philadelphia, then over to LA. Yeah, but your flight not only got canceled, then it got delayed. Then you were in Philly and you got delayed again, correct? Is yeah. Is that what it was? I, I mean, I had a four and a half hour layover or something in Philadelphia. But if I recall, we were actually sitting on the plane. For two hours. Yeah, for two or three hours at a time. And it didn't even bother me, right? It was a thing of... At that point, I knew by leaving at noon or 12.30 or whenever it was in the Philly, I would not make it to L.A. for any of the meetings I had on Tuesday. So it's kind of like just ride it out. 
Right. Read books, be present. Like that doesn't matter. And then get into LA really, really late Tuesday night. I would actually say very early Wednesday morning. I don't think I landed until after midnight. Certainly mm-hmm. didn't get to the hotel in Santa Monica until after one. With with time zones, right? It's a full twenty four hours of being awake. Right. I was going to say that's four a.m. for Columbus time. So you, I remember you're texting me, and I'm like an hour and some change away from my alarm going off. I'm like, what the hell? He's just going to bed. Yep. And then it's up early in the morning for meetings and back and forth with you and saying communication. All that's fine. Like we're we've been doing this long enough that having communication throughout the day is really no different if you're at home and I'm at the office or I'm in California and you're home. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't say the cadence changes at all. No, I mean, we have always stayed in communication, especially when you were doing the suits and stuff and you were constantly traveling. Now you try to make a day trip as much as possible, but we always stayed in communication for the majority of the day, just little check-ins here and there. And that holds true still, right? We're five mm-hmm. years into the relationship and whether I'm at, Again, the office near at the house yep. or I'm across the country or in a different country, mm-hmm. super consistent. And so the meetings were good in LA, Santa Monica, however you want to say it, Malibu, shoot down to Rhythmia, and that's great. I can tell there's a certain amount of envy in you when I'm saying I'm in Costa Rica. Yeah, of course. First of all, Rhythmia is amazing. Like if you've listened Back when we were on 15 Minutes to Freedom, you can hear all of our recounts of how the ayahuasca ceremonies and such went at Rhythmia. It's an amazing place. If that's ever been on your mind, you should definitely check Rhythmia out. We're not paid to say that. I just truly feel that way. Oh, that is not true now. I want 100% <laughs> now I'm a part of Rhythmia in a way that if you show up, it actually benefits me. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm not I didn't a paid, mean to false advertise there. <laughs> no, I'm not a paid spokesperson, but no, I'm not yeah, going to like, I'm We're a not, part of Rhythmia now. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant like we don't have some discount code or we're not paid, no. but yeah. So anyway, apart from being envious that you were in Rhythmia, I was also left and charged with moving our almost downtown office to up to where we live in a more suburban area of Columbus. And so that was a little difficult, right? That's a, that's a two day process of stuff. And, um, plus working full time and being home full time with G and all the stuff that comes with being at home too the laundry, the dishes, the dog, the stuff, the cleaning, the food, all the things. Yeah. As you're like sending me pictures of you sitting by the pool working, but sitting by the pool with your, you know, your feet up. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Right. And I share that and knowing that there's a certain amount of resentment that you're feeling, I start feeling resentment back towards you Mm -hmm. because I just still don't take anywhere near enough time for myself. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because we've talked about it before. It's a constant thing. But instead of just saying no to something, you just say yes. Of sorts. The things I say yes to are right. They're, they're, fa- family dinners. Right. And <laughs> it's not like I'm saying yes to go out and hang out with the guys or go watch a sporting event. No, but or, I'm even talking like with business, right? Like you just, you're you're growing at a rate that your body can't keep up with right now as far as physically just having some downtime. I will accept that as your view on what it is. (laughs) 
I'll say my body can certainly keep up with it. My mind can keep up with it. What happens is something has to give on one side. And instead of putting myself first, at least a day a week, it goes in my litmus test. It's like, all right, are there things that you and G and I can do together? Typically that answer is a yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then that takes precedence over me getting done at work at seven and wanting to go. I don't care what it is. Go to a float tank, go to a car dealership and look around. I don't, I don't care. I push myself back Mm -hmm. and I know that needs to stop. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as you're frustrated, I'm like, in my mind, you ride horses, you get time for yourself, you get to do some stuff. Gianna's incredible, but you guys have your own little bond. Like it's, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's work to like care for her, but nine years old, she's pretty ridiculously full functioning. Yeah, at this point, it's more about the mom, what are we doing? Can you pick up my friends and take us to do this? And like, they want activities at nine years old. They want to, they want to do stuff all the time. And then it's, what are we having for lunch? What are we having for dinner? I'm hungry. I want a snack. Like those kind of things. It's not watching them like a toddler, like they're going to set themselves on fire or throw themselves down the stairs. It's more of the running around and busy stuff. Like it's, it's an on board all the time. Yeah. Much the same way that you tell me I should say no, <laughs> you should say no. Right, to G. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I certainly struggle just as everybody else having that work life balance to where I have come to say to her, like, okay, look, there's some reading you can do for an hour and a half while I finish up some of these work projects, or I have a call and a coaching client for, you know, an hour and some change. And I need you to pick up your bedroom or put away your laundry or something. Like I try to give her tasks to do, but I still feel that little twinge of guilt when she's like, but I wanted you to pick up my friend and we wanted to go to, you know, the bounce house or something like not bounce house, but they want to go to the gym and do the, the twist and tumblies cause they're gymnasts. So then it's that thing. And admittedly with or without the horse stuff, I'd still be at the barn because now we've got a little nine-year-old equestrian that has lessons and wants to be at the barn all day, all the time. So it's just constantly busy stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so meetings go well, come home because you dropped me off at the airport. You do get to pick me up as well. Which is uh, like 11 at night. <laughs> yeah. Originally I had glanced at my itinerary and I had, a, I had believed it to be, i.e. I paid no attention that I was taking the seven o'clock flight home, which is comparable to the flight that we would have taken from Costa Rica the last time. Yeah. Except we landed in Indianapolis, not Columbus. <laughs> And so what really ends up happening is my flight doesn't land until 1030. Yeah. And by the time you get a bag and I pull around to get to you and we get home, it's almost midnight. Sure. Which is fine. Yeah. All right. We still spend some quality time together. Spend some time in the car together. Then the next day, Taylor comes to town. Yes. So we had like <laughs> no, no time. Yeah. Prearranged. Taylor Sappington was coming to town from uh, up in Canada. Mm-hmm. She landed at 7 p.m. Fully was picking her up. It's the first day we have Gianna. So it's it's like the first day I'm in the new office. It's getting things set up. It's like full go. There's no, there was no downtime. 
Yeah. And admittedly, like as I'm talking to you and we're moving offices and you're in Costa Rica, so you're trying to do your stuff. And Kurt and I are here in the office and Doug comes in and we have the movers and we're trying to unpack, unload, get things set up as best we can. Cause it's Monday that we moved into an office and Taylor's coming in Tuesday. You're coming home Tuesday. And so it's like, we have to have a functional system here pretty quick. And as I'm talking to you while we're trying to do this and I'm telling you what things are happening for me, there was a, a complete disconnect because you kept saying, well, how about this? And how about that? And like, coming up with things that you think should be done this certain way when you're not here to help or to see what's actually going on, which honestly just pissed me off because it was like, I'm doing the best I can with what we've got here. You're not even here to help or to see what's going on. Quit barking orders on how you think it should be done. That's such an interesting, I mean, I'm glad you're sharing that, but really based off of how we process information and even the fact you said I was barking orders, like when the tables didn't fit down the stairwell at our old office. <laughs> you said throw them out the window. No, we had a second story office. We had a window installed that had a a roof you could stand on that of course is about one story that you could hand down a desk. You literally just hand it down. And I say that and it, it might as well be like I have four heads. Like <laughs> it was just, no, I got it. I'm like, well. I don't think you don't have it, but had you considered that as an opportunity? And I told you I got it. <laughs> I'm like, so which of the two of us was actually barking in that conversation? Well, probably both, honestly, because when you said that, Kurt and I looked at each other like, maybe he's he's just not gotten a lot of sleep because the window is actually more narrow than the stairwell and the desks weren't fitting that way. And then... There was no way any of us were going to hold that giant desk that's heavy over the ledge to drop it down without hurting someone or breaking the desks. Like it, it is not that small of a drop. You cannot have somebody hold it at one end and then have another person be able to touch that end at the bottom. Not possible. So, so here, <laughs> here's how my mind works. And I'm not saying this is an appropriate way my mind works, but let me explain to you. What was, what was going on? <laughs> yeah, because that didn't make any sense. As you were listening, our tables have a cross member that connects the two legs, right? So normal tables have four legs, legs on both sides. This table looks the same, but there is a cross member that braces it at the lowest level. So if you have moved before, typically with tables, they don't have that cross member at the bottom and you hook the legs out the door, Yeah. you pivot it around, Yep. You walk it through and then you hook the legs again. Yep. Well, I knew going into this situation that we were going to have to take off the cross member to be able to do anything. Yep. And I, I took all of them off. And so knowing that the window was certainly tall enough, the desk could have pivoted around a window. Except that it wasn't tall enough. But, so I mean, the window wasn't even close to tall enough. These desks are probably 80 inches at least. I mean, they could sit six people if you put chairs around them. So instead of putting the table out the window vertically, you would have it on its side because the window itself was five and a half feet tall and that table is not five and a half feet wide. No, 
Time out. But it only goes up so far. It doesn't because you can open it. It pivots. It's okay. I wouldn't expect you to know this because you were too steadfast on the fact I didn't know what I was talking about. So time out. Then you have moving blankets, right? Movers had a bunch of them. You drape it over the side and you simply slide the metal top desk down the side of the building to the mover standing below. That is how I thought it would work. <laughs> like 100% not possible. Not even a little bit. But I see where you're, I see how you would think that. This makes me literally want to disassemble one of our desks. And go back and see <laughs> if you can do it. Put it in the back of my pickup truck. <laughs> oh, God. Take it back and do it again. It doesn't much matter because you handled the move and everything went smashingly. Mm-hmm. Nothing was messed up. Everything was done great. Couldn't be more appreciative. Everything was good. Yeah, we got in here, started unpacking. So I pick up Taylor on Tuesday. I got in town Monday night. Although Taylor and I had spent hundreds of hours together on the phone at this point, we never met each other face to face. Yeah. It was nice to get to meet her. It was. Spent a bunch of good quality time with her, but getting her at the airport, of course, on Monday, you had sent me a thing for a hotel room for Taylor. Yeah, so you had asked me like what do you what do you think about Taylor staying with us versus a hotel and I said admittedly I would love for her to stay with us but the first night because that is the first night that Gianna's home you haven't seen her in almost 2 weeks and because you were gone for a week plus she was at her dad's the weekend before so you really hadn't seen her in at least 10 days and she was dying to see you I hadn't seen you in a while and it was the first and because you came home so late we got right up and came to work on Tuesday. We had like no normal time. So I said, get her a hotel for the first night so we can spend time together as a family. And then Wednesday and Thursday night, she can stay with us and you know, whatever, just give us that time. See this exact conversation, unfortunately, if it was had on Monday while I was traveling from Costa Rica to Columbus, I don't recall it happening that way. I do recall you sending me a link and asking me if we should get her a hotel room. And then I remember saying, let's talk about it. I want to run it past her thinking it's Columbus, Ohio on a Tuesday in June. Yeah. We're probably fine in our little neck of the woods. Yeah, kind of. And then Tuesday morning, you said, I want to know what your plan is for for Taylor. What do you think? And I repeated the same thing. And then we looked and the price of the hotel room more than doubled. So no, that was Tuesday morning. And then while we were at Whole Foods wrapping up dinner, you said, hey, can you book the hotel? And I looked at you like you had eight heads because not only had I sent you the link Monday, but then we had also discussed it on Tuesday morning that we were going to get her a hotel and you said, yeah, I'll take care of it. You kept saying, I'll take care of it, I'll take care of it. I said, okay, I even sent you the link. So Tuesday as we're wrapping up dinner and getting up from the table with Taylor to take her to the hotel, you look at me and say, can you book her a hotel? And I got to be like, I'm like, what? Yeah. And see, this is all the joys of, of, of <laughs> marriage because on my side, the bias that I have of this situation, which I fully own that it is, I don't believe that to be the way the story went because I didn't have the conversation with Taylor until Tuesday evening when I picked her up about what she thought about not staying with us the first night. I hadn't made that decision prior to. Yeah, well, you had made it enough that we had talked about it at least on Monday and I, enough that I had sent you the link to the hotel. So that being said, I pull up my thing MFing you 
to book a hotel and it has doubled plus in price for that night. Now, mind you, we have a four-bedroom house in a fairly nice neighborhood. Yeah, our house is great. Close to the office. I'm very, very simple. At any given point, there's only two bedrooms in ocup- being occupied. Three if you count the room that currently houses all my suits and shoes, <laughs> right? which is a complete mess and disaster. So really, we have one bedroom that is always open. Mm-hmm. And so I say, why don't we just have her spend the night? And because you like her, it's not a big deal. But because you don't feel like you're ready, it is a big deal. Yeah, because I, I mean, we'd had... No time. And we took Gianna to dinner with us. And admittedly, because we're three adults and she's sitting there as the only kid, she gets kind of left out because we start talking about adult things. And it's, you know, she wants time with you too and wants to be selfish. And you are involved with hosting a guest, which I get, which is exactly why I said she should stay at a hotel the first night so that we can have time as a family. And that when that didn't happen, then I was mad. Not a Taylor. Love Taylor. I was mad at you for not falling through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So I, di- I didn't fall through with that apparently, which like men, if you're listening, especially if you're a traveling guy, it's literally preposterous to me because on Monday, my day starts in a different time zone. I'm in a different country. Mm-hmm. I have an hour and 15 minute ride that makes the absolute best of us a little queasy. Yeah, it's really bad. I don't have any cell reception. There's no Wi-Fi on the plane from Costa Rica to Miami for whatever the reason. And we were on a little plane, so there wasn't Wi-Fi on the plane from Miami to Columbus. So certainly you sent it to me through a text or a screenshot or something through an email. I remember seeing it was like 117 bucks. It was 88 bucks. And I'm like, cool. At least I know there's an option Mm -hmm. in my mind. No commitment. Because I just didn't commit to it. It wasn't important. Well, and then also I would have booked it had you not said, I'll take care of it. I just need to know what's available. I I know you don't remember that. There's just no way I would have said I'll take care of it because yeah, 100% you did. I would have said I'll talk to Taylor about it and we'll figure it out. I wouldn't it doesn't really matter cuz like this is just the way this shit goes. <laughs> There's no way with who I am as a person and how you've gotten to know me in 5 years I would have actually taken care of that. Well, of course not. Okay, then damn you for not just knowing the <laughs> fact I'm not able to take care of it. This, I, and he's right on that. I should have because everything in our life when he says, "Well, I'll take care of it or we'll figure it out or yeah, we'll talk about that." When it comes to travel plans, I really have learned my lesson so many times because that is why we end up flying out of Indianapolis in the first place to go to Costa Rica the first time. It was a beautiful airport. I've never <laughs> been before. He's just he's just not good at, at travel commitments. Uh, I'm sure it says something about me internally. I'll have to figure that out. But <laughs> So we get to the house. Lindsay changes the sheets. We stay up talking to Taylor. Everything's good. Wednesday morning rolls around, normal life comes, right? We're all up. We all do the things. I go to the gym. Lindsay, Gianna, and Taylor at home. They we bring, do our stuff. She brings Taylor to the office. Now, my normal work day 
has been consistent. Like when I travel, I don't get some like magic reprieve. I've got some incredible clients and some great friends that allow me some leeway to occasionally maneuver around through unique scheduling, but I still have to do all the normal stuff I do plus other new stuff I do, mm-hmm. which is cool. I'm incredibly blessed that way. But the same thing happens Wednesday. Like I've got calls all day, like mm-hmm. especially because I'm playing catch up from the week before and Taylor's here shooting videos and you're dropping her off and you've got stuff to do with G. And it's Wednesday, so G has gymnastics. Yep. And so I literally, I believe, I had six hours of client phone calls on Wednesday. Five or six. Yeah. Record a handful of podcasts. Help Taylor out a little bit with videos. All the normal things that I would do, plus some extra. And then I get off my last phone call at six, and you're messaging me, are you coming to dinner? Because Wednesday is our dinner with your parents and Gianna typically after gymnastics. Yep. Now every part of who I am wants to say no. Like, no, I'm shot. I don't I don't want to do all this. No. <laughs> I just want to I just want to go do anything else. But I say sure. Right? I'll come meet you. And so it's 6:30 and we make the very short drive from the office to Max and Irma's right up the road. Yep. And sit down. And as I walk in, my phone rings yet again with a call from Rhythmia that I have to take. So I'm on the phone when we walk through the door. Yes. And I've got no time to shut off. Like so far, from the time my day started until this moment, there has not been a shut off time. Mm-hmm. And so I sit down and it's the first moment of quote unquote silence that I get. Now granted, we happen to be on the bar side of the restaurant, right? which is not normally where we sit, just where we got seated. And so it's already a little bit higher in the ambient noise level. Everybody's having their different conversations. And you ask me, how's your day? I say it was okay. (laughs) I can't formulate more at that point. (laughs) I don't have more to share other than basically shut the fuck up. Like that's all I want to like, that's all I'm saying. And not because I'm mad at you, not because you need to be quiet, but because I am spent. Done. Yes. And we continue through dinner and there's, Light chit chat on my side, plenty between you and Taylor and your mom and G and everything's good. So as we walk outside, your parents leave. I say we should go take G to get ice cream. Yeah. Great, right? Ice cream's on the way home. G loves ice cream. Pull about front, it's busy because it's nice in Columbus now. And people like ice cream when it's nice outside. And so we get there and I'm looking at the board and all this stuff. I'm not really feeling all that hot. I'm kind of tired. Admittedly, dairy products don't do all that well with my stomach. G orders, you order. And I look at it. I'm like, I just don't want anything right now. Yeah, G pulled up. When we pulled up, she goes, am I going to be the only one that's getting ice cream? Because she knows that I don't do ice cream typically because I am just conscious of it that way. Because if I start eating ice cream, I will eat a pint of it every single day. It's like my nemesis. So she goes, am I going to be the only one eating ice cream? And I said, no, I'm sure somebody will order with you. She's like, are you going to get some? I said, well, you know, if nobody gets some, I'll get some with you. So we walked up and Ryan's like, no, I'll get some with you, sweetheart. It's okay. So I said that by the car. Yep. Yeah. Order. Taylor has, Taylor does not eat. She's She's vegan. vegan. She doesn't eat anything like that. G orders first. You're second in line and you order. Mm Mm-hmm. 
by the nature of G is no longer eating alone and the fact I don't feel good, I decide I don't want anything. Thank you. Yeah. I, I and I looked pay. at you and I was like, what? You're backing out on ice cream? That's whack. Without the laughing tone in her voice because she has already been frustrated with me for the past 48 hours. And so I literally have to walk away. Like I'm, I'm so shot and so frustrated at this moment because here I am trying to do something nice, take my family out for ice cream. Immaterial if I wanted it or not. Mm-hmm. I stand in line. I have conversation. I talk to G. I talk to you. I'm there. No, you were on the phone with Rhythmia the whole time. That's not true. That is 100% not true. I stood right behind you, having a conversation with Taylor and you, and touching Gianna. It's okay. And so I walk away. I come back, right? I don't raise my voice. I just, I got to walk away. Come back, right? And you don't say anything to me. We walk to our cars, drive home. This is, this is outstanding. At this point, I'm like, I'll just go back to Costa Rica, right? I, I got a place I can stay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really need any of this stuff. Admittedly, like I don't need this. Like I'm the one that's working. I'm doing everything I can. Then we get home and you decide it's time to have a conversation with me about how I am showing up. Yes. And so we sit in the dining room, kitchen, whatever you'd like to call it. And you proceed to tell me how I'm not showing up for our daughter, and I'm not doing all the things. Now, mind you, it's Wednesday. I got home Monday at 11 p.m., and G has been at our house or in our possession since 5 p.m. on Tuesday, and here we are, absolute worst-case scenario, 8.30 on Wednesday. And you, you air your grievances. Of course. I sit there with my mouth shut. My eyes are literally burning with how tired I am. I'm struggling to keep them open. Just smiling at you, letting you letting you share. How did it feel when you were sharing with me? I don't really know how it felt. I just knew that I was not going to just swallow what it is that I thought in my head because that's not healthy for anybody. So I didn't yell at you. I didn't come at you with something. We do what we normally do is we respectfully have a conversation and talk to the other person about what it is that they are thinking or feeling and try to share the viewpoints and look at it best as we can with an open mind and without an attachment to our own story. Certainly. But after you share your pieces and parts that you needed to share, I finally, for the first time in a long time, shared my pieces and parts. Mm -hmm. Because normally, I just shut my mouth. (laughs) Right? Because men or women, I don't care who you are. The way that I have looked at much of our life in the past few years, we might not have a perfect life. We might not have the biggest house and the fanciest cars and take private jets on vacations, but we live a pretty good life. And 
It is a direct correlation on a fiscal basis recently of what I have been able to generate. That's wonderful because it is something that allows you the time and space to take care of Gianna, to take care of the house, to take care of yourself. It had allowed you to be a part of a startup business, right? A management company. That was something that I will say that we brainstormed together. But here we sit and it's like, I'm getting ridiculed and chastised for working too much when in order to keep the life that we want, somebody has to work. And I finally put it all on the table the way I view the entire situation. And it was super uncomfortable for me because I don't normally say stuff like that. And even now you look grumpopotamus again. I'm not grumpopotamus. I was just chewing my gum and I don't want to chew it in the microphone. And so we get to go through or I share my viewpoint, right? How the pieces stack up. And I feel like at the end of that conversation, like all that energy, all the negative stuff between us was really left at the dining room table. Yeah, I think that's most of how our arguments and conversations or discussions or whatever you want to call them go. Yeah, I mean, we were not even fortunate, right? Like we, we have a healthy chemistry between the two of us. We have a desire for each other sexual energy, whatever you want to say. And I know we're out of alignment when there's not some sort of... (laughs) uh, You know, you know, a little bit of fornication happening. Yeah. And there was fornication on Wednesday. 100%. On Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was Thursday. It probably was Thursday it as was well. It was Thursday. It was Wednesday, absolutely. <laughs> as well. But since then, right, that that conversation was impactful enough number one because it recalibrated where you and I are at. Right? It allowed me to finally say some of the stuff that had been on my mind that I typically just don't talk about cuz it doesn't really much matter, right? In my mind like I just have to do certain things. But then it's had you show up differently. Right, you're producing at a different level now. Yeah, but, you know, I I was taking offense and I still do sometimes when you're like, well, you just don't work because it's it's not, I mean, it's just not true. I just don't produce how you want me to produce or how you think I should produce or the way that you produce. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that it's, you have an expectation of what something should be. So I have a very, I have a very linear thought process when it comes to work and there is a very trying thing to have your, at least in our household, to have my significant other, my wife, take a subordinate role to me because the minute that happens, something clicks in my head and it gets tough because like there's commitments that we make, like I'm going to work this number of hours, I'm going to do this stuff and I'm going to follow up with this. And then by the nature of those conversations and the role that I need filled, like I start picking, like, why isn't this done? Why isn't this done? Why isn't this done? And it's just not a healthy balance for you and I. Yeah, no, not at all. 
because then I look at it like this is a job, right? That certainly for 15 or $20 an hour, I could outsource for the 15 or 20 hours a week that we're agreeing to. And then I could hold that person accountable to like, no, no, do this stuff or I'll have to find a replacement. And in our household, I can't really say that to you, right? So it's a much different thing when you start showing up into who you have said you want to be. Right at Rhythmia, you said you wanted to lead people. You said you want to coach people, mm-hmm. right? And I am and I do. Sure, right? But prior to that phone call, you coach one person. You had one client. Like that's it. And we've been back from Rhythmia for five weeks and you put nothing out online about it. Just truthful. You've done nothing to cultivate new business. And so that conversation sparks something in you to realize the fact of, holy shit, if I want to actually do something with this part of what says what you're saying fuels the fire to your life, you're going to have to put it out there. People aren't just going to magically through osmosis come, come to you and I. Mm-hmm. Hence things like this show. Hence things like social media posts, like helping people, asking for referrals. All these things where now that this has been something since, what is today? Monday. So in five business days, you now have one new client, four or five ladies that are potentially joining a group training with you, mm-hmm. probably another client or two on the hook, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so... The tough conversations that you and I have force both you and I to be better versions of who we are. Yes. I mean, just the way it works, same thing with me. Like everything you said about not being present and not having enough time and not doing all these things, it's truthful. That's why I told you we have to be done and out of the office by seven o'clock tonight because we have stuff that I'm doing with you. Yeah. Either the work will just have to wait and the money will figure itself out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and things will just happen. Well, we put in the work, so it should. Yeah, it's consistent. I'm, I'm sharing this story with you as you're listening. Based off feedback that Lindsay got from the post that she put on Facebook, literally depicting this entire conversation. I got so much traction of like her just sharing like, social media as a whole or even us on this podcast right we talk about humorous things we talk about stuff we love doing together we talk about how we don't really argue or fight we talk about all this great stuff but there's still days that aren't as easy yeah i just think that with the nature of social media everything's in a bubble and people put on all their triumphs and none of their tribulations and so you have everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses for this person's going on this trip and look, they bought a boat and look, they, you know, just bought land and a farm and man, I'm not doing any of that stuff. What's wrong with my life? This doesn't make any sense. Like I'm way behind, right? This is like the fucking rabbit wheel you start spinning yourself on and it's like, okay, but none of that is, is typically true, right? You don't know how much debt they took out to buy that boat or, you know, how much they fought over the fact that, you know, somebody wanted to live in the suburbs versus a rural area. So it's just like you don't nobody shares the grievances and the bullshit and the arguments and the stuff. Right. Nobody shares their misalignment for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I shared it. No, and I love the fact you share it because it gives us a, a platform to reshare it 
right? And to make sure there's nothing remaining. Cause even as we're having the conversation, like I feel the tension re resurfacing, hmm. right? Maybe it's just on my side. Maybe it's not on your side, but it's like, I can't help it. I'm going to say what's on my mind. It's part of my future self journaling that I'm doing hmm. with Dr. Nicole LaPera, right? If you don't follow her, the holistic psychologist, yeah, she's great. Incredible you definitely, stuff. definitely follow her. But it's like, I don't own my own voice enough. The sheer facts of life are I'm a freaking ridiculously good coach, specialist in business particularly. Yes. The results that I have with clients are phenomenal. 20, 30, 40 grand more a month in personal income. But when it comes to you and I, I don't turn that on with you. I just, I just leave it, right? Because I don't want to step on your toes. I want you to figure things out at your own pace. I don't want to push. I don't want to do all the things that I know it takes someone to be successful. But then we have that conversation on Wednesday, and I'm like, you know what? Damn that stuff. Because until we help each other knock ourselves out of center, right? And we, we push ourselves to become more and be uncomfortable, we'll just remain a different version of who we are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true for everything. Of course. So we have tough conversations and I like and vice versa, but I'm holding you accountable to goals that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the that's the thing. Men, I'm gonna speak to you. I don't need Lindsay to be a coach. Yeah. I don't care if she does that. I don't care if she goes back in the the vet med space. I told her I didn't care if she wants to go muck stalls and hang out at the horse barn. Don't threaten me with a good time. I will go. I will, somebody can pay me $12 an hour. I will muck stalls all day. I love that shit. Well, Literally. She, she says that. <laughs> and I've, I've brought that up consistently over the past two or three years because I find that with my women clients, they eventually end up losing their sense of self. They lose their identity. It's I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Oh, 100%. I'm not doing anything to really produce. That's a man thing that I'm projecting. But it's also somewhere in the back of your mind. It's like. I know you're working. I know every woman works. I know it's not easy work, but like when it still comes down to it, like your identity gets muddled in all the things you do for other people. Yes. That's just like part of being a woman. And so that's why I keep saying like, yes, income wise always, always feels better to me when there's additional money coming in. Right. Because we like to spend money. Yeah. The, Random biohacking stuff I buy is not cheap. My horse stuff is not cheap. Horses are not cheap. The trips are not cheap. The courses we take aren't cheap. Like life is not cheap, inexpensive, whatever adjective you want to use. And so the more that comes in, the more we can save, the more we can invest, the more we can buy, the more we can do whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice seeing you push into that and like realizing how many women are connecting with you and yes. your voice. And like that there's so many commonalities. Ladies, admittedly, this is not a part of the market that I ever have serviced, right? I can't. No, but I, I mean, and I never wanted to do anything that wasn't truly genuine to me, which is probably why I wasn't really sure what road I wanted to go down. I had a couple of men reach out to me about coaching and that just felt weird because I feel like they don't actually want to have me as their coach. They want to see if they can take me out for dinner like it just it's weird and maybe that's just I'm reading into it because I don't feel comfortable that way and there are certainly men out there that wouldn't do that but I just found 
the women that were messaging me all had the same issues that not only I have as a woman and still work through all the time, but like divorce and motherhood and losing your identity and feeling stuck and lack of purpose and wearing so many hats that you forget which one is just your hat, like just for you. And so you're always catering to everybody else and making sure everybody else is taken care of that you forget to take care of yourself. You never put yourself on the list. And then it's like, I've been in your shoes. What kind of example does that set for your children? Right. When I look at it, it's like, what, what kind of example do I set for Gianna when I constantly was putting myself last and not taking care of myself at all? Well, then she's going to in turn do that in her adult life because they're going to mimic what they see, right? It's like, it's like they're going to parrot back the same things that you tell them. So they're definitely going to emotionally embrace what you show them. 